0: Hey, it's Tim Hill here from the Digital Agency Series podcast, where we meet digital agency founders from all around the world. We find out how they started their agencies, how they grew in the early days, and how they scale their businesses today. Digital Agency Series is presented by SEOptima, the world's best SEO audit and reporting tool, trusted by over 1,500 agencies to automate their SEO audits and generate new business leads. If you haven't tried it, sign up for a free 14-day trial at SEOptima.com. Today I'm chatting with Brogan Renshaw, Director at Firewire Digital, a digital agency based in Newcastle, Australia. Brogan and his team of three specialise in SEO, PPC, and website design for clients all around Australia. Well, it's a pleasure uh, that you're joining me today, Brogan. Thanks for your time, mate.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It's, uh, yeah, we've we've chatted with a, a few founders from around the world, so nice to chat to a Aussie.
1: It is wonderful. I, I, I did look up um, a few of your previous ones and did not see an Australian there. So it is wonderful to be the first.
0: Yes, yes. yes it's, uh, it's always good to, to chat to a local. But, you know, the in- really interesting thing I'm finding is that um, the challenges that marketers face um, and agencies face is pretty, pretty similar. Like no matter if you're here or on, indeed on the other, other side of the world. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah I think I mean it is one of those things about digital isn't it that you know you are going to face very similar challenges no matter where you are be purely based on that you know your whole presence is online um and and also like that you know I get lots of value out of learning about other agencies it doesn't matter where they are so you know you, you do benefit from from hearing from others.
0: Exactly um and and talking about your background specifically so you used to be client-side and uh, you've got like a lot of e-commerce and SEO experience and you started your agency in 2017. Uh, so I'm really interested in what motivated you to to step out and do that.
1: I needed a job. I That's basically the <laughs> gist of it. Um, so I'd... I'd, um, my wife and I moved from, my wife's originally from Newcastle and I'm from Sydney and we moved, we couldn't afford the housing in Sydney at the time. So we moved um, up to Newcastle and bought a little house and I had a job, I got a little job at, it was casual contract for, at a small marketing agency. And now they didn't particularly do, they didn't specialise in digital, it was just a more broad marketing agency. Um, The downside of that is that the owner at the time was, um, you know, they had no idea about SEO, which is what I was brought on for. Yeah. Yeah, They were the ones that were client facing. So when their relationship soured with the client, I was sacked via text message um, after probably about four or five months it was um and they were not bring enough work in to you know replace client client turnover or anything like that so it basically i started firewire because i you know um had a, had a long hard look at what the hell am i going to do now and you get sacked and i just saw that um you know if they well, one if they could get clients so could i um you know if they don't know what they're doing and i do um surely it can't be that hard now looking back at that time it it is definitely not that simple as as I made it out in my mind but um you know it it was the right move but you know definitely not as simple as just starting starting Firewire and get clients
0: (laughs) and I think the thing that's uh really interesting about that that first moment is you know you you certainly have like you know a lot of thoughts about what the agency can grow into and you know how you can grow over time what I'm really interested in that first moment though. Like, what, who was your first client and, oh, how did you, how did you get them and what did that, that first year look like?
1: The first client was pretty easy. It was basically the family business um, (laughs) that I learned, I cut my teeth in and they just came on board as um, a a proper client. Um, So, I mean, that wasn't too bad. The second client was second, third, and fourth client were all referrals from, from friends or businesses that I'd started working with um, so you know like I mean I, it's it, the first year for me was was it's a slog right because you, you've got limited resources to do the things you want to do um you know so you know you want to do your own SEO. You want to do. You, know, you want to be all over social media. You, you want to do your website design to have the best digital marketing website in your area or for what you're targeting. But you just can't do everything all at once. Um, you know. So like it, a book I read towards the end of the first year was called the. Uh, it was called uh, the E Myth Revisited. And it basically runs through why most small businesses don't work and what to do about it. This book changed the way I approach working on Firewire. So basically like when I, when you start a business, you, 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 you know, you're the only person doing everything. So you're working on clients, you're, you're managing the business itself and you're meant to be the entrepreneur that grows the business. Yet like you, the, the thing that falls off is always the entrepreneur, the, the business development. You, you end up just managing the business and working on clients. You know, and that's what I've, that's the trap I fell into. And it wasn't until I read this book where, you, where you, it, it kind of pushed me to dedicate time to business development and that's, you know that's when the business actually started to grow properly.
0: You uh, contributed to a recent article that we published around um, growth agency growth strategies uh, and you're t- talking about, um, you know, networking and engaging local community and I guess that makes sense when you're talking about um, how word of mouth was very key to you. I'm interested in how that worked pre-pandemic. How did, how did you actually get out and, and do this kind of business dev in the community and, and also what it looks like this year?
1: Um, it, I'm traditionally... Before firewall, I was a, um, I still am, I'm, a, I'm useless, absolutely useless at like, um, say like a big networking event where, you know, there's, there's 100 people there, 200 people there. I'm no good at that. I, I cannot, I do not have the skills or ability to approach a group of people and introduce myself. I, I will just hang back. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's a weakness that for me, and, and you know, I recognise that, but I know other people can do that and build business, business that way uh, for, for me that i'm i mean maybe this feeds into what i know we'll talk about later in, in me starting a podcast a while ago yes um but you know it, it was i'm pretty good at talking one-on-one you know yeah. I, I do enjoy that so and that's not as scary to me as trying to approach a big group so i looked at what i could do and I just started approaching businesses in the area and just saying look hey do you want to grab a coffee you know um you yeah. know I'm, I'm doing this you know you're doing this let's just chat now generally that isn't like cold you know cold emailing a client mm. it, it's probably you know um a similar business so think of like a video marketing agency or a pure social marketing agency and you know then I approach them, just have a chat, talk to them, see if I can part some kind of wisdom onto them to help their business grow, um, yeah. you know, and they would start to refer clients back, their clients back to me.
0: I see. So it's, it's, it was actually, you know, more about partnerships with uh, those kinds of reciprocal or complementary
1: service. In yeah, I businesses. don't know. I, I haven't ever labeled it as partnerships. Um, yeah. I I mean it probably technically is. Um, there's never been anything formalized in those things, but it is about building yeah. relationships with them and yeah. certainly offering some kind of assistance to them as as their business. Um, and that's definitely value. Now to to the second part of your question about how did that work this year, it was definitely um something that got put on the back burner for the main part of say COVID um so you're probably talking March till July and then I mean we were particularly lucky in Australia and New South Wales particularly that you know we were essentially allowed to go and meet people and have coffee (laughs) so that um, was something I continued to do
0: yeah you know when you look at world news it is uh we have to constantly remind ourselves, like we're, we are in a bit of a bubble here in Australia, aren't we? Oh, definitely. Um, we've, we've gotten away with, yeah, I, I guess having a little bit of a, you know, less arduous time than than a, many around the world. Um, you know, these days, what does uh, Firewire Digital look like today and, and what kind of clients do you service? Firewire
1: Digital today is very different to when i started Um, when i started it was a i i i looked at what other businesses were doing in the area and went okay i'll do all that you know and unlike um more i'd say more established markets of say sydney and melbourne where there's a lot of specialty agencies so very very like there's pure seo agencies there's pure ppc agencies You know, and there's not. It's harder to be a full service agency um, and do it well, right? Whereas in in Newcastle, it's um that's kind of all there is. There's all these just full service agencies, and that's what I thought I needed to do. So, I mean, FireWire today is more specialised. We cut so many services out. Not that we were bad at them. It was just that. I didn't enjoy them, and they yes. take up too much time. Um, versus, we can, you know, we sm- you know, we are so good at SEO, so good at PPC that yeah. we can smash it out so much quicker and get more value for our clients. We don't need to charge as much because, you know, we can do it quicker. We understand the process. Um, so I'd say that's probably the biggest thing in terms of just it's not necessarily niching down into a certain niche but it, it's definitely like just culling services that don't provide the value or enjoyment yeah um we've got four staff including myself on now um okay. which is probably a good size for where we're at right now um yeah, yeah well, we all well, with COVID. we're all currently still working remotely um mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's been certainly a challenge to get on board with, but I think it's probably where we're going to stay. Um, really? Yeah. Great. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think we need the costs of, that come with an office, that come the with... co-location. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I find my staff enjoy working with that bit more flexibility. Um, yeah, and and yeah. I tend to work on... I mean, you know, you have to impart trust. You have to trust the person that they're going to do yes. the work. But that's yes. the biggest thing. Like, to me, I don't mind if they don't work necessarily, like, you know, from 9 to 5. But if they get the work yeah. that, I, that I expect in that time, I don't have a problem.
0: Absolutely. I think that that idea of kind of um, delivery over, you know, kind of clocked hours is, is really going to uh, be a big thing now, like kind of post-COVID. Have you found that your workflows and I guess your processes has there been any changes with how you how you communicate with your staff or your clients?
1: Oh, clients, um, no clients, no, because we've been we use like a lot of dashboards that they can view at any time that they mm. want to check what we're up to um, or how progress is going. So that's not too much for clients. For staff, yeah, there's there's probably a little bit more time that goes into building the processes. Um, Yeah, 2020 for, uh, or for me, has been about building processes for staff. Um, You know, getting my processes out of my head and getting that so that can be replicated over and over and over again, Um, you know, and that building processes just takes time. It it takes a lot of work, a lot of time, but once it's out, you know, staff can take it and run, basically. there is a there is definitely a learning curve there for for the staff that come on board to to learn the processes but once they once they're up to speed it's it's pretty quick and and that's you know probably one of the benefits of remote that they can just slog away at the at, at the learning part of it and then pick themselves up
0: yeah and with your services so being primarily you know SEO and and PPC while those are the main reasons you know why Companies come to you. What are the underlying problems that they're trying to solve?
1: Um, there's, there's probably two main issues. I, I think we, we get a kind of a bit of a mix between, say, local local clients um, and ecom clients, and they, it's a bit of a mix, right? Because they both can come in. I mean, wanting more leads, more sales, right? But we we get a mixture of businesses that they've tried themselves and failed um generally they're on some kind of platform such as like a squarespace or wix or something like that and you know it just doesn't lend itself to being the business they want it to be um mm. and then the other problem that we get a lot of the time is uh you know they, uh, particularly around e-com they come to us and they've already been burnt by an agency so like they just haven't seen the results uh-huh. they were expecting for, for what they paid for um and I think both of those problems you need to like you, know, you need to build trust in mm-hmm. you need to build trust and authority for them for the client or potential client to trust you basically um you know particularly if they've been burnt yeah and the way we one, one of the ways we approach that in for, Firewire for is upfront, we'll provide references, essentially, you know, from the first email. Um, so if they want to go and check our work um, on other clients, if it might be past or present clients, they can. We give out about three or four references and, um, you know, and, and that seems to work for us to, to build that trust right from the start.
0: Yeah, listen, I really think that that's, that is in short supply, isn't it? Trust with, yeah. you know, between clients and, and agencies. So the fact that you really focus on building that at the start is, yeah, that's really key, I, I believe. Um, and in terms of your other lead gen activities, so apart from, you know, the, what you're doing, uh, networking with, with other businesses, what else do you do?
1: Um, we do a little bit of our own PPC um yeah. I, I think that brings a different quality of client in um and they're probably harder to convert um mm-hmm. referral yes. clients are the best they'll they'll be on board straight away uh, basically because yeah, of that trust can, yeah again it's that yeah. trust they, they've been referred from someone they trust yes um and it's so much easier to convert um yeah, yeah we basically we don't do any cold um so we only do inbound and you know a bit of PPC and a bit of um and just yeah refer it
0: and then with with inbound um i see on the site you know you've got that free consultation uh button that kind of opens up a form what's the what's the typical process there and how do you how do you kind of optimize that when once it gets submitted
1: I, I mean, that depends on um, what the client's after, right? So, mm-hmm. But if, if thinking on a typical client, so say someone that's like inquiring about SEO, um, you know, if, if that's the case, before we jump on a call, before we respond to them, we'll just jump on and do a quick order of their website, you know, 15, 15 20 minutes max. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Are there any quick wins that we know we could get them? you know, 404 four pages, you know, whatever. So anything that's going to be really easy to fix. Um, and then we will line up a call and just jump on the call with them and um, just work, run them through, give them some benefit, even if they're not going to sign up. So explain to them what they're doing, not, not wrong. I, I try not to use wrong because generally they're the ones that are working on the site. Um, it's always what can be done better, right?
0: Yeah.
1: It's it's really, really important the way you frame the conversation. Um, You've got to be positive. Don't be negative Mm, on the client. You know, um, it just doesn't lead to success if you're negative. Um, So, yeah, we try and frame it as a positive. You know, this can be improved and, you know, if you did this slightly better. um, And then, yeah, we'll just put it in a proposal and, and shoot it off and then follow it up and... That's kind of the process that we run through with that free consultation.
0: Can you tell, like with the kinds of clients you have, can you tell pretty early on about uh, what their conversion is likely to be just kind of based on pattern matching?
1: Yeah, I think you can. I think you, you know, when you spend long enough going through websites and analytics, you, you do start to see, you know, Think on, like, you know, think on call to action buttons, or or forms not even working. You know, like, I see so many websites that they're wondering why they don't get leads, and they don't have a funnel. They don't have a step by step process of what you lead on their site, and there's no clear direction what's meant to happen next. Um, you know, and they're they're easy wins. You know, if you if you just yeah. tweak a few things, they potentially going to get some leads like, and they'll be happy.
0: <laughs> exactly. You know, you mentioned, you mentioned it before. Uh, I, I see that you're a footy fan. You're so in Australia. Um, interesting. Fo- football referred to as soccer uh, over here. So the the greatest game uh, football, <laughs> uh, you, you previously, previously ran behind the game, which was a, actually a, a football podcast. Uh, how did you get into that?
1: I got into that because I wanted to hear stories about the people that built the game in Australia or were involved in the game in Australia, and it just it wasn't available. So I decided to start my own. First so mover. Um, yeah. Well, there was so many. There was a lot of podcasts about, um, you know, what happened on the weekend or what happened that week, right? Yeah. There was no podcast that talked to the players about how they got to there or, or, or admin, how they got to be the CEO of a club or whatever, like, so you know, Mm. there was no essentially behind the, behind the person, behind the story. What, how'd they get to where they were? Um, And I don't know, I, at uni, I studied um, like sociology and social research. Mm. And I, I think I always just connected to that deeper kind of sociological kind of platform where, where, you know what makes a person who they are basically, and you know, we ended up doing about to touch, up, I think it was like 56 episodes, so touch over 50 episodes, yeah, right, and interviewed people from local fans to club CEOs to World Cup socceroos. You know, it, it was great, wow. it was fantastic. I think, I mean, it was certainly a challenge to do, and podcasts take a lot of time to do, but um. I'm a traditionally shyer person (laughs) and again, you know, coming back to, I'm no good at that, you know, group, group gathering type of situation, but one-on-one, but this podcast pushed me, um, you know, to be able to approach people, to be able to talk to different people when I hadn't met them before, to ask them questions, you know, to delve into their stories. So it was not something, you know, I would have considered doing, you know, growing up kind of thing but it certainly pushed me to, to be a bit more confident with people which was which is fantastic that's excellent
0: well we're, we're following in your shoes now We just started started our own podcast here. <laughs> that's good uh you know um the the article that you contributed to and thanks thanks very much for contributing to that but the article that you uh contributed to also had another actually another aussie agency excite um which is here in brisbane uh, and they were talking about, yeah, how, how starting a podcast if you're an agency, you know, that's a, that's a great thing to do. And they've, they've gone down that road themselves and have been seeing great results. Uh, what are your thoughts on podcast marketing as a previous podcaster?
1: I love podcasts. Um, that's why I did one for a while. I, I absolutely smash listen to podcasts every single day. Um, podcasts take a lot of time to do well. So, you know, you think you've got to, even before you jump on, you've got to have your equipment. You've got to know what setup is. You've got to research, research the topic, research the person you're talking to, recording, editing, then promotion. Like it's not just say the half hour, an hour, you're talking to the person. There, You know, there's probably another five, six hours for every hour, you know, like yeah. it's, it's, if not more. It is a hell of a lot of work.
0: Yeah.
1: The, the trade-off to that is... Um, you know you have a piece of content that then can be repurposed across so many platforms um which is fantastic for you know an agency I, I would definitely recommend it i mean we FireWire wants to do it i mean i definitely want to do it excuse me i um i i think the big thing that i would recommend if you know an agency or even an individual freelancer or anything like that wanted to start up a podcast you know, you have to think about it differently. You know, the, the thing about when I did the football one was it was a topic that, you know, hadn't been done before. Now there's, mm. there's, a, there's a whole bunch of them, right? Um, yeah. Kind of similar. Yeah. You know, but you've got to think it a little bit differently. There's, there's absolutely no point copying what is already out there. You yes. know, you don't, you know, there's, there's heaps of digital marketing news podcasts. There's heaps of SEO news podcasts. Yeah. You know, ma- maybe think differently. Maybe... Um, studies on your client talk to clients talk to other businesses just it it has to be uh, uh, some kind of uniqueness about your podcast to be successful
0: yeah yeah great advice um you know looking into the next year in in 2021 we're we're very close to it uh what's coming up for Pywire digital and where do you where do you see the agency going
1: Let's um, let's try and sneak a podcast in next year. I reckon. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <Yes>. Maybe. <laughs> um, uh, we've got a new website in the works for FireWire, um, which will take us up a notch. Um, we want to do. We want to spend a lot of time, Not a lot of time. We want to spend a little bit of time um, building out our content on our site um you know thinking seo guides and and things like that for next year um yeah and i just can just continue to grow continue to network continue to do a good job for clients get those referrals
0: good stuff mate well thank you so much for for joining me today and yeah coming on the show thank you thank you very
1: much not a problem thank you for having me
0: well Uh, You can check out Brogan's uh, agency, Firewire Digital. Their site is firewiredigital.com.au. Give them a like on Twitter, which is at Firewire Digital. And he's also on LinkedIn. That's Brogan Renshaw. So yes, join us next time when we chat with another agency founder about starting and growing their digital agency. I'm Tamil, and thanks for tuning in.